0: Before we get started, a word from our friends at Keeley Companies. In the words of Keeley Companies CEO, Rusty Keeley, when it comes down to it, there are two things that make Keeley Companies incredible. People and process. The strategic growth model called the Keeley Way ensures that Keeley achieves results on purpose, including five-year visions, scorecards, meaningful action plans. The Keeley Way allows Keeleans to turn dreams into reality and drives goals to realize visions because of this relentless focus on people and culture Keeley companies has experienced explosive growth that shows no signs of slowing down learn more at KeeleyCompanies.com. welcome to the live inspired podcast with john o'leary john is the number one national best-selling author of the book on fire He's a world-class inspirational speaker, and he's the host of the Live Inspired podcast. John interviews extraordinary individuals on their life story so that you can wake up from accidental living and more fully live your life story. Here's your host, John O'Leary. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the Live Inspired podcast with John O'Leary. You and I are entering week two of our special five-week Live Inspired Electing Gratitude series. As you know by now, we designed this series to help you navigate not only the election season that we are still navigating apparently, but also the beginning of the holidays in the midst of an ongoing pandemic. With so many stresses, so much anxiety, so many unknowns, we wanted to bring you a little bit of comfort, a little bit of hope, a bright point of light, and certain gratitude, certain gratitude during the season. So that's what this Electing Gratitude series is all about. You can learn more about it at johnolearyinspires.com forward slash podcast. So visit that and also know this as we get ready to dive and dance into this week's content. You're in for a first today. You hear the excitement, the anticipation in my voice. There's also some anxiety in my voice. The, the first that you are part of is we are recording this podcast not in a studio, not on site with some client, some great author or leader. We're recording this in John O'Leary's backyard. That's right. First time ever, 304 episodes in to record this at home, which means you're going to hear leaves rustling in the background. You're going to hear probably a dog barking, in the background you're gonna hear trampoline going up and down in the background you'll probably hear kids arguing here shortly you'll hear a bus driving by you'll hear a trash truck going by you're gonna hear all kinds of background noise why why would we choose to do it in this manner today it's a great question i'm thrilled just because in the midst of this season that you and i find ourselves voting and waiting and trying to do life in, we wanted to bring you a podcast today that is as real, as raw, as imperfect, but also as hope-filled as our lives, as our collective lives. And so this one is being videoed, it's being recorded right outside of my backyard on our little deck with uh, kids probably staring out the window at me right now, wondering what in the world their dad is doing talking to a microphone. Well, my friends, I'm talking to you and today, Uh, just a few days since our votes were officially cast. I wanted to take some time and make some space for our Live Inspired community to just be present, to just hang out during these uncertain days that we're experiencing together. I'll say that word a lot during this episode, together. I wanted to hear your thoughts. I wanted to receive your questions. I wanted to share my thoughts and hopefully together shine and shed a little bit of hope and perspective on where we are. I thought it was really important for today's episode to be a bit more of a community discussion and a reflection than a typical interview. So we punted back just for one week a remarkable guest we have ready to rock and roll for you next week. I'll share a little bit more about her at the end of this episode. But we wanted this one to be more of our community unplugged. I reached out to everybody on Tuesday and Wednesday uh, just yesterday and the day before. Asking how you're feeling. What are you thinking during this time? And do you have any questions that you wanted to ask me? And for those that weighed in, I'm grateful. We were overwhelmed by how many people responded. And for those that we actually get to read on air today, we will be sharing with you your very own signed copy of the number one national best-selling book. It's called In Awe. In all, there are many who are saying that it is exactly the message the community needs to receive right now. And so for those who are gonna hear your name, shout it out in a moment. I'll be sending that your way along with a signature in in it, and I'll personalize it, of course. And for those of you who may not hear your name, shout it out, that's all right. You're not left out of this one either. We wanted to make sure that you got an opportunity to pick up some copies of In Awe or other cool merchandise for yourself. So right now we're having our biggest sale of the year. It's going on right now, up to 50% off copies of In Awe. That's right, dude. Half off copies of the number one national bestselling book, In Awe. Do not delay. Pick up your copies right now. Do yourself and those that you love a favor. Visit me at JohnO'LearyInspires.com. say that one more time because i know many of us are driving or raking leaves or prepping food right now so one more time visit me at john my friends i wanted to just read through a series of questions that we received through email instagram twitter facebook and every other kind of social media out there you've been reaching out to us with questions you have or also feelings that you're dealing with right now so uh, grab your favorite cup of coffee or tea or a beverage of your selecting depending on the time of day that you are listening to my voice right now buckle up get ready for a message today that i think is not going to make the challenges we face disappear i instead hope that these questions that are asked of me and of us and the answers that we share back with you will remind you that the foundation is firm the foundation is firm. There's reason for hope. The light at the end of the tunnel is not a coming train, and the best days are in front of us. So um, I wanted to be as raw and as unscripted as possible with you today, so I'm reading these questions for the very first time. They've been selected by my team, podcast producers and our marketing team for you today, and uh, I'm just going to read them. Here we go. John, I'm totally stressed out by everything happening right now. I'm stressed out by COVID, by politics, and about these divides. I think my kids are acting out right now because I'm taking out the stress I feel on them. So my question is, what are you doing with your kids during this time to make sure that they are part of this season, but they're not swallowed up by this season? And that was a direct message on Facebook from our friend, Katherine G. Uh, Well, Catherine G., the very first thing I would say back to you is first, thanks for the question. Thanks for the follow. Thanks for hanging out with us online. The second is to let you know everybody right now is in their own season of stress whether that's only based on COVID, it's only based on the political divide, it's only based on racial injustices, it's only based on challenges professionally or in the markets or in our families or trying to homeschool or trying to figure out if homeschooling is right around the corner or the inability to travel, see family, see friends, give a loved one a hug. These are really tough days collectively. It's been said that... um, yeah, we're all in the same storm together, but we, we're in different sized boats. That, that, that's fair. That is fair. But we're in the storm together. We're all in the storm together. So the first thing I would encourage you to do is to give yourself, and also if you do that, then those that you encounter some grace. These are indeed some wildly difficult days, and the very first thing I recommend to all of us, including you, is to give yourself an awful lot of grace. So you asked the question, John, what are we doing with our kids right now to make sure that they are part of this season, but not swallowed up by it? I really like how you said that. What we are trying to do is to make sure that we talk about these things as if they are realities, whether it's their daddy, that's me, uh, missing out a 94% of future revenue, which happened back in early March in a way that they understood that this is real. This is a challenge we face as every single live speaking event canceled for the remainder of the year. So I wanted them to know that, not to be scared, but to recognize this is part of our life and it's happening at scale around the world. So as a family, we've been talking about this stuff. We've been talking about changes we can make to embrace this season, but we've also been talking about changes that we can make to make sure we live into the truth that the best of the days remain in front of us as that little bird is singing behind us, reminding us of. And so we've been transparent on the difficulties that we face. When George Floyd was murdered in Minneapolis, we talked freely and honestly about the injustice of that and the challenges that many of our brothers and sisters in the community may face. We've been talking about this stuff, but we don't, we don't let it take up the majority of our dinnertime conversation. We, we don't want it to be what they are staring at 24-7. We don't want it to be all day long in their social feeds because, by the way, we don't allow them to be on social media. We don't want them to be only f- seeing this on the cable news because, by the way, we watch and we monitor what they're taking in on YouTube or what they're taking in through the cable network. So we're very mindful of their content reception. We're, taking, we're mindful of what they're receiving. So the first thing I would encourage you to do is, number one, Give yourself some grace. That's going to change the way you interact, not only with the reflection in the mirror, but also with your kids. That's, that's the first piece. Secondly, when life is happening in the world and it's big stuff, talk about it. Talk about it. Get the fears on the table. Get the concerns on the table. Be honest and open about this. Have a really cool family dialogue. But then don't just sit there. Take it to the next level. Of, so what can we do about it? How can we, we not be scared during this time? How do we make a difference during this time? What can we do in our own backyard? It's one of the reasons why little Patrick O'Leary is the champion of this. Our family decided to give 100% of the proceeds from In Awe for the first couple of weeks to Big Brothers Big Sisters. We saw them as the organization more than any other in St. Louis or in the world, I believe, making a profound difference racially, social, economically, building bridges where others wanna build walls. Like th- these folks, Big Brothers Big Sisters, make a mighty difference. So how cool that it was Patrick's idea to be generous to them and how wonderful it was that we, that's you, by the way, Catherine, in our community, were able to write them a check for $30,000. Because together we can make a difference. So yeah, as a family, we're talking about it, but we're not stuck in the fear. We're talking about the things we can do to make it better. And then we're talking more about, okay, what else is going on in your lives? What's up with the homework? What was the best part of the day? Maybe one of the coolest things we do every single dinner time conversation, Catherine, is this. We pray before we eat. I think that's been very helpful for our family during this season and during every season, so consider that as an option. Secondly, the question that is asked of every kid is, where was someone doing something kind for you today? Jack, Patrick, Henry, Grace, where did someone do something kind for you today? We want them to recognize in a season that it feels like everything is bad that there is kindness all around them. So all day long, they have to be looking for it because they know mom and dad will be asking for it. So that's an important piece. And then the third piece of the conversation we do at the dinner table conversation is this. I ask them every night to share with me one thing that they did that was kind for someone else. It could be to hold a door, to help someone with a book bag. If someone has a question and the teacher is not able to answer it, to help them with that, to share a snack. It could be a million things but they know all day long, they better be looking for an opportunity to be kindness because their mom and dad are going to be looking for the evidence of it that night. Uh, Catherine in a marketplace where there's so much anxiety, so much depression, so much anger, so many divides, so many divisions, so many walls being built. It might be really wise for us as parents and for us as leaders to be looking for kindness and also modeling kindness. So that could be a really cool activity you could consider doing with your kids around the dinner table. And for those of you listening right now to my voice, you don't need kids, by the way, to have an activity like this. Where'd you see kindness today? Where'd you see it? You didn't see it on many of the cable news. You didn't see it on your evening news, probably. But where did you see evidence of kindness? What you look for expands. And then, my friends, why not become that for the marketplace that has starved for it? Catherine, it's an awesome question. We will be sending you, my friend, your very own signed copy of In Awe. Congratulations on that. Dan R. Dan R is number two. He emailed us. By the way, I'm doing this outside. The birds are singing, the trees are waving, the sun is shining. Life is good. It's not perfect, man. The trash trucks are going by. The school buses are going by. Kids are making too much noise down the hall. I think someone's trying to start a lawnmower right now so, so this could get ugly here in a moment. It's imperfect. But life is good. Life is good. So I um, just wanted you to recognize that that's what's, what's going on in my backyard. I hope you recognize it's going on in your backyard as well. So here's a question from Dan R. It was emailed in to us. John, what is your perspective on the current climate? And then he goes on to say, will your message change when we find out who has won the election? (laughs) So John, what is your perspective on the current climate? And will it change when we find out who won this current election? Uh, This question, by the way, came in on Wednesday. Uh, Frequently, we know who the president is the following day after the election, but not always. So this is not historically out of whack. Sometimes we just don't know until every vote is counted. So you count them. So you count them, Dan, R start with that. So will my opinion change in the current climate, regardless of who wins? Not at all, not at all. There are a couple things that I think are really important to recognize, Dan. Number one is this. I try to accept uncertainty in my life. I think far too frequently in life, we try to act as if we've got it all figured out. A really cool example of this. I spoke at a large conference four years ago, the day before election Tuesday. It was a Monday. It was in Florida. You can look it up, man. I was in Florida the day before election back in 2016. There was an economist, world-renowned economist and futurist who spoke right in front of me, and he spoke, and he talked about what the markets are going to do, what taxes will do, how the world will change. Wait for it. The following day, wait, wait, wait a moment longer, Dan, when Hillary Clinton is elected the 45th president of the United States less than 12 hours or so before the polls opened up, the opportunity to vote opened up around the nation. This guy had already known with perfect certainty, what is going to happen with taxes, what's going to happen in markets, what's going to happen in the labor force, what's going to happen around the world once Hillary Clinton wins. This is a knowledgeable expert who completely missed the mark. What does that mean? What am I saying here? I'm saying maybe it's okay to accept uncertainty. Maybe it's okay every night not watching the weather. Maybe it's okay instead waking up in the morning, opening up the front door, sticking your hand outside. If it's raining, grab an umbrella. If it's cold, grab a jacket. If it's sunny, grab your glasses and some su- sunscreen. Maybe it's okay living passionately in the moment. So that that's one thing I'm saying, Dan, accept uncertainty. What a gift, man, to just embrace what is, what is can't change it anyway for the most part. You gotta stay within your circle. The second thing that I would encourage you to do, and this one's a little bit more radical, love your neighbor. As I look through my social feed, and I try not to do it very often, as we went through a whole bunch of questions that were sent our way, I understood that many of them were sent in very combative, very negative toward the Trump voters or the Biden voters. How could those people do that? How could they vote that way? Dan, I'm reminded of the importance of loving thy neighbor. Question 13, this is going to get me in trouble, but here we go. Question 13 of our pre-program questionnaire that we send out to every client. We've spoken in 50 states and a couple dozen countries in front of a couple million people live, Dan. We partnered with a couple thousand clients uh, from Apple to worldwide technology and everybody in between. All the letters of the alphabet covered, man. Zero alpha group everybody covered man a through z question 13 is what topics do you not want john to share on that's question 13. and for the last 14 and a half years that i've been doing this question 13 always comes back with two responses john do not talk about politics and do not talk about religion and today i talk about both i talk about both we are going into politics in a loving manner i hope in a grace-filled manner i hope But we're going to talk momentarily here about religion and before you turn the dial or unsubscribe why not lean in why not question why not open up your mind and your heart to another person's opinion i think that's really important so one of my favorite readings in our sacred scripture i'm a a christian believer but one of our one of my favorite readings is the story of when an adulterer is caught in the act And the righteous people of the time bring this woman out. They see Jesus outside. They're trying to catch him here because they remind him that the law of Moses is this, that we have the right, in fact, the mandate to stone this woman. What would you say, Jesus? They're trying to trap him, right? Because if he doesn't say stone her, then he's breaking Moses's command. But if he does, then he's killing this woman. So what what is he going to go with here? What is he going to go with here? We're breaking every single law around question 13 right now. We're talking politics and religion, but hang on for the answer because I think it's really important. So how does Jesus respond? Whether you are a believer or you have no interaction whatsoever with the Christian faith, that's all right too. We welcome all on this podcast. How does Jesus respond? Well, at first he looks at the person asking the question, and then he looks at the woman who who was caught in the act, and then he looks down and with his index finger he starts drawing on the sand. He starts writing. Even to this day, no one's for sure, absolutely sure of what he's writing. But here's the important part. He wasn't voting. He wasn't yelling. He wasn't chastising. He wasn't belittling. He wasn't saying, wrong party. He wasn't saying, "Your, your religion's stupid. He wasn't saying, that's a dumb law. He wasn't saying anything at that time. He was humbly, faithfully drawing. Not a word was spoken. Not a word was spoken. And then he looks up to the person who asked the question, and he said, Let the one who has never sinned cast the first stone. Let the one who is without sin, without blemish, without mistake, cast the first stone. Dan, you asked me, how do I feel about this current climate as we get ready to cast stones, raise arms. And some some people are saying this, man, we should raise arms if our side does not win. Okay, so that's one way to view it. There's many who are trying to cancel out the other side. By the way, the other side, it's not like 11 percent. It's essentially 49 percent against 49 percent. It's exactly a split, which means you are fist clenched, angry, full of hatred toward the other side. So maybe the first thing that I would say to those of you on one side of the aisle is this. Let he or she who is without blemish, without sin, without mistake, throw the first stone. That might be an important first step. And. What they said in the sacred scriptures is this, Uh, one by one, they all started dropping their stones, beginning with those oldest outside. The oldest, the wisest in the room recognize, oh gosh, well, I can't throw a rock today, so I'll leave first. My friends, we recognize as we look around at the world, quick to judge others, that we have things in our own life that we could easily be judged for as well. So I would remind our dear brothers and sisters on the left of their need to not only be open to the rights of all people, which I salute them for, all people, man, but also to be open to the rights of those who feel, pray, vote differently than they do. I think that's a really important thing that we should be open to on the left-hand side during this time, during this season, during this environment we find ourselves in. And to my brothers and sisters on the right side, during this climate we find ourselves in, I would remind ourselves that we, we, we claim this moral authority Let ourselves claim that same more authority in the way we accept and love neighbors who vote, who think, who worship, who feel, who act completely different than we do. Let he and she who is without sin cast the first stone. And what we will find ourselves is that we will begin dropping the stones, turning away. And my hope is this during this environment, that rather than walking back to our cliques and our little groups and our little basement gatherings where we can talk about how good we are and how bad they are, what if we instead gathered around people who felt and, and voted and worshiped and looked and acted completely differently than we did? What if instead we used this season not only to drop the stones, but to come together as one? So Dan, how do I feel during this environment? I'm optimistic because I'm optimistic that love still wins, that the foundation remains firm and that the best days remain in front of us. I just encourage you and me, and then our neighbors to the left and to the right to have the audacity of wisdom to drop the stone. And then instead of turning back toward their friends, turn away and um, meet someone who might do life a little bit differently than they. You you might find connections you were not expecting. It's a great question, Dan, and I look forward to sending you a copy of In Awe, baby. Be on the lookout for that. By the way, for those of you who are like, oh, Dan is so lucky, how do I get my very own copy? Man, I'm glad you asked. Maybe you should go to JohnOlearyInspires.com at this very moment. You have an opportunity right now to save up to 50% on books. Do it now. It's uh, the message in on in particular is a message about love. It's a message about hope. It's a message about belonging. It's a message I think 2020 needs. So uh, consider it for yourself or for those that you, uh, you vote with or you voted against. We might both need that message right now. Cliff. I think I know who Cliff is. Cliff shared on Facebook. Hey, John, there is definitely some anxiety as we await the results of this election. This morning, I posted a message reminding my friends and myself that we all vote for different reasons. And everyone's reasons are valid. It can be extremely difficult to look around at another's decisions with positive intent, especially when they are in opposite uh, perspectives and sides of our own. However, I truly believe that regardless of who wins, our country moves forward by working together one man in office cannot change that cliff my brother i think i know exactly who you are man so uh hope things in illinois are great for you Uh, and cliff would look forward to sending you a copy of the book in awe i think you already have one though man so you'll be able to give this one away as a christmas gift or a thanksgiving present cliff can one man in office change that that's essentially your question what i am always reminded of is people get so caught up on how one person in office can change the world. I think that's frequently an overstatement. I do, in fact, think that one person can change the world, but I'm not sure she's in the White House. I'm not sure he's in the White House. I'm not sure they're in Springfield, Illinois, where I know you live, Cliff. I'm not sure they're in Jefferson City, which is closer to my home and my state capital, or Austin, Texas, or Sacramento, or any of the other capitals we have around the United States, or in London, we got people tuning in from 72 different countries, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, I'm giving y'all shout outs, this election may have been ours, but the consequences have effects globally, no doubt about that. So can one person in office create that kind of change? I'm not sure, but I do know this, that one person one person can, in fact, create that kind of change. And I don't think that person has to be in the White House. I don't think that person has to be a legislator or a Supreme Court Justice. I think that person lives in backwater towns, like uh, Webster Groves, Missouri, where I live, like uh, just outside of Springfield, where you might live, Cliff. Like all the areas where you are tuning in from right now, my friends in the community, we put so much weight on the election and what they can do for us to make us great again. And we forget that the society we live in is made great not by its body of political officials, but by the individuals they represent, by you, Cliff, and by me, and by each of us deciding to be the kind of change we seek to be in the world. So on this, uh, on this day, with some uncertainty in many of our lives and some great concern about what the next president, whether it's Trump or Biden, will do and, and maybe even ruin our country, we'll take that. What I strongly recommend we do is we stay within our circle. We can control the things we can, and we can start to make the change we desire in the very best place to begin. That change is not the White House. It is not the legislator. It is at home. It is at home. It's where transformation has always taken root. So Cliff, I think you and I, and our brothers and sisters tuning tuning in today need to be reminded of that. This too shall pass. So let, let, let's, uh, let's hang on for the ride. We don't know where this thing is gonna go yet. No, nobody does, but we do know that great individuals will step forward and change the world for the better. And rather than waiting for them to do it, uh, listeners, why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't you own your piece? Why don't you start at home? Why don't you start with a reflection in the mirror? Take, take care of what's happening in your own backyard. And I promise you, the much larger backyard of our United States and our global community will begin to take care of itself. On Facebook, we had a question come in from Ann Welsh. She asked, John, during this political season, has not only divided our country, but it's also divided our family. It has really put a wedge between my husband and our daughter. How, John, as parents of adult children, do we heal and we move beyond these vast differences of opinions? And then Ann went on to say, John, it hurts my heart. It hurts my heart. So, Ann, It's a question that you are asking, but you're asking it for, I would imagine, almost half of our listeners who work and live and are married to and are partners with and are raising or are sons and daughters of someone who thinks completely counter-culturally to the way they think and vote. So how do we begin to build a bridge between this schism? How do we begin to lift out that wedge that you said is between your husband and your daughter? It's a great question. My wife and I, who feel both of us uh, on the same page fairly strongly politically, were on a walk this past week. And we walked up to get a cup of coffee. We took the dog. We were walking home. And we saw a guy getting out of a car. And I had bagels and some, like, you know, goodies for my kids. This guy had donuts. So we start talking to this guy, I'd never met him before. He has a beard, he's got glasses on, he's, you know, clearly not fully awake yet, but he's got a coffee in his right hand and a big box of donuts in his left. And so I start making small talk, like, hey brother. What will it take me to to buy those donuts off your hand and to give you these bagels instead? What's it gonna take, man? So we start talking about donuts. We start talking about the favorite kinds of donuts that we both love. Uh, Vanilla Long John for this guy, uh, a chocolate covered strawberry for him. We just start talking about life. His dog comes out, his dog starts playing with our dog. We start doing life together. It's a beautiful fall Saturday morning. We make small talk, we have a good life. And then Beth and I walk our way with our dog. He smiles, turns, waves, says, have a great day. As he walks back inside with his dog, his coffee, his donuts. And as we walk a few steps farther away, every single political sign that is counter to what I voted on Tuesday, this guy's got in his front yard. Everything that I voted against, man, this guy's got up every proposition, every candidate, everything that was on the electorate ban. he's opposite of me. And for some doggone reason, we just had an awesome conversation about food, about kids, about dogs, about weather, talked momentarily about football, and then maybe most importantly, about donuts. About donuts. Where does this go? Well, I'm glad you asked because something like that is also what I do with my mom and dad. They feel so strongly politically. And by the way, they feel the same way as I do, but they feel so strongly about it that I cannot talk politics with my mom and dad. It, it, it ends every time with us like we're mad at each other. And like, I love my mom. I adore her. I think she's one of the greatest leaders I've ever read about, ever heard about, and ever met. And I happen to call her mom. She's an amazing lady. And maybe the only person that is equal to her as far as amazing goes is her husband, my dad. And yet, when we talk about politics, man, that wedge gets pushed down between people who, by the way, feel similarly. So if we can't talk politics in our family, I can imagine what it's like for your daughter and your husband. Here's my suggestion, talk about donuts, talk about food, talk about kids, talk about the weather, talk about life, talk about shared experiences, talk about your favorite vacation growing up, talk about the stresses they face right now with COVID-19. Talk about the fact that she can't find a job. Talk about her dreams. Talk about her marriage or her singleness. Talk about what she aspires to. Talk about what you can do for the grandkids. Talk about life. Why does politics have to be brought up into every conversation always? Why does it always have to be the lead and the end and the reason why we cannot get along? Here's what I find. Anywhere in the United States and anywhere in the world I travel, I find that we have shared values. We dream to have a better life for ourselves and for our kids. We dream that we can have a better tomorrow than we did yesterday. We dream that the future can be far brighter than our past. We dream these things individually, and we dream them collectively. And that gets cloudy when we always have to talk about Trump or Biden or the D or the R or what's going to happen in the Supreme Court. So stop it. Start talking about life. And then you can start doing life with this one that you love so much. So, Ann, I know that's a a difficult thing to do when everything seems to center on politics. So maybe we should center it on something far more important than something that changes every two years and something they focus on as soon as the last election ends. As soon as Trump was brought into office, they were already talking about what it's going to look like in two years and four years to get him out of office. The cycle now is not every four years. It's constant. So step away from the cycle and step back into life. The next question of John O'Leary, as the birds are singing in the background, is this. It came in on Instagram. And by the way, if you guys don't follow us outside of the podcast, check us out on Instagram, on Facebook, and uh, YouTube. Anywhere else that you're hanging out online, we are there, too. Uh, So uh, check it all out. But from morning 706 on Instagram, wrote in this. John, with all the uneasiness going on between the pandemic and the election, What is your number one tip in finding peace through it all? Awesome. So Instagram wrote in, this is from morning706. Thank you, morning706. Good morning to you. Uh, John, how do you find peace in it all? Well, the very first thing I do, and I hear dump trucks right now, emptying their goods right down the street from where we are gathered. I don't worry about that though. I don't worry about what's going to happen tonight or what happened this morning and I bring this all to your attention because of this. There is beauty when you find yourself living in the moment. We hear about it, we read about it, we know it's important, and then we wonder what's gonna happen tomorrow. We spend a lot of time living in a time of our lives that is not real, that is either called yesterday or tomorrow. Those aren't real, man, they don't exist. You got this moment, are you living it right now? So I found, you know, I probably learned this as a kid in the hospital, because if I started stressing out about the next thing that was going to happen to me, it would just derail me. It would like leave me a train wreck. And so I stopped worrying about what was happening next. I started living really passionately, purposefully, and joyfully in the moment. That was important when I was nine. It's as important as a 43-year-old. So that's one thing, choose to live in the moment. Uh, We used to give out wristbands at Live Inspired. In fact, if you want them, go to the store, man, you'll find wristbands right there. And I would encourage our, the leaders that we coached. We have a nice online virtual coaching business right now, so uh, consider checking out the virtual coaching program for Live Inspired. One of the things we teach is this idea of wearing a wristband, and every time you find yourself living in the past or the future, pull the wristband as tight as you can and let go. Snap the band and wake up. Yeah, first to the pain, but really to the joy of living presently. To live present. That, that's the very first thing I would suggest. Second is this I stay within my circle. You know, I, I have a candidate that I was hoping might win on Tuesday. I don't know if the person will win or not, but I'm really not worried about what's happening in Wisconsin. I can't control that. I'm not worried about what's happening in Pennsylvania or California or just about anywhere else. We spend a lot of our lives worried about what's happening in a part of the world that we have utterly no control including right over the the, the fence line of our neighbors, what they think about us, how they feel about our car, what they think about the way our kids are dressed. Man, none of it matters. So here's the key. Not only live in the moment, stay within your circle, control the things you can, let go of everything else. So that's the second. The third is this, give it over to God. I recognize not everybody's got a faith walk listening to my voice right now, so give it over to a higher power. My friends who are in AA, one of the things they learn is to give over their struggles to a higher power. Give over, give over your uncertainties to a power far greater than you, far greater than what you currently are able to handle. You can't determine the next election. You can't necessarily determine where the country or the world go, goes next, but you can do little things. I have an awesome friend named Jamie Hassmeyer. Jamie Hassmeyer feels incredibly passionately about the environment. And so, yeah, she can vote in one direction. She can raise awareness in one direction. She can put street signs in her front yard in one direction. But one thing she always does is wherever she works and wherever she worships, she starts to create an entire culture there that allows people to recognize the power to have zero waste. We go to a school right now called Holy Redeemer. At Holy Redeemer, this school of several hundred kids, 50 teachers. Almost zero waste through the efforts of one person. She may not be able to change the, the Paris Accord. She may not be able to figure out who's going to be the next president of the United States. But in her own backyard, Jamie is staying in her circle, controlling what she can, letting go of what she cannot. What a gift. Can you imagine doing that for the things that matter to you? Don't look at the big things. Start small, but take that next best step. And maybe the final bit of advice I might give to morning 706 and to my friends who uh, I have not yet rocked to sleep is this. My mother had an expression she would share with us kids when we uh, were either overly arrogant about how great we were, that we got the A plus where we made the team. She would remind us that this too shall pass. But my sweet mother would also remind her kids when We did not get an A on the test. We did not make it into the high school that we wanted. We did not get into the right college. We did not make the sports team or get invited to the next dance. She would remind us of another important truth. You may wanna write this one down, live inspired community. Here it is. This too shall pass. This too shall pass. In a season where we think all of life depends upon what happens next, it is really important to recognize this too shall pass. 2,700 years ago, the wisest individual in the history of the world, according to a sacred scripture, said these words, there is nothing new under the sun. This is also true during the 2020 electorate season. There is nothing new under the sun. This too shall pass. This too shall pass. So my friends, the final question that I will be fielding today on the Live Inspired Podcast with John O'Leary is this. It's from Southwest Blog Guy, Kim, on Instagram. Kim wants to know, John, John how soon will you run for president? Uh, goes on to say, John, I will vote for you. It would be a perfect way to truly elect gratitude. Uh, Southwest Bl- Blog Guy, my friend who works at my favorite airline, the airline is called Southwest Airlines I know this person well we are in touch both online and offline his name is Kim so Kim uh, thank you for the praise and the question I guess John how soon will it be until you run for president Kim have you noticed that when politicians step forward almost immediately half of the voting block turn their back and run in the opposite direction we live in a season that right now is trying its very best to polarize, to jump to either the left, which we all know in the left is right, or we're trying to jump to the right, which we all know on the right, of course, is the only proper way to go. And anyone who feels differently than we do is immediately proven to be an idiot. They're stupid, they're wrong, they're immoral, they're repugnant, I can't believe they would feel that way, vote that way, worship that way. Uh, I pity them and I hate them. That's immediately the way the voting block these days is going. So what am I running for? It is not president. I think there are people far more qualified than I to sit in that chair. And I look forward to uh, one of them being elected this year and then having an even superior candidate in four years and even better ones going forward. That's my hope, that's my prayer, that we come together as a nation and as nations. But can my job I think over the next four years as I run for office is to draw people together, just to draw. Man, I, I wanna be a bridge builder. I wanna remind us all that it's far better than it looks. I wanna remind us of the difference that we can make in our own backyard. I'm not all that worried about DC. I'm far more worried about the things that I can influence right where I am right now. I think we underrate the ability we have to influence lives around us. And because of that, we miss the need in front of us while we wait to see what DC might do next. Quit waiting, Kim. Quit waiting, Jeff. Quit waiting, listeners. Start acting now. Take action. Take action right now where you are. Take it peacefully, take it faithfully, take it lovingly, but take it heroically, take it with ferocious optimism. Because we are in a season with great divides. As one of our questioners asked earlier, with the wedge going deeper between my daughter and my husband, what should you recommend? Uh, Let's try again to draw people back together to the things that matter most. If the thing that matters most is truly Trump or Biden, if that's really indeed what matters most right now, we lose. You Republicans, you Democrats, you Independent, you lose. But when the things that matter most are the things that actually draw us together, together, that allow us to embrace the brokenness and the sinfulness of our past and our present, allow us to work together to remedy that, to make it whole, to start again, to make it better, and to do so collaboratively with a synergistic approach, that's when we collectively win. The beauty of this nation has always been this, not its perfection, its imperfection, but through the gift of checks and balances, we awkwardly tiptoe and trip and step and dance and move our way forward together. As FDR said 70 years ago, if you draw a line between the peaks and the valleys over the course of centuries, you will find, my friends, that that line always trends up. I don't know who's gonna be president when you listen to this podcast, but I I do know this. The line that you are looking at for your country and for the world is trending up and the best of our days remain in front of us. So I wanted to, again, remind you that if uh, if you got your question in, that you are lucky enough to receive a copy of the number one national best-selling book in awe. Get ready for that. If you would like to learn more about that copy and the opportunity you have right now to save 50 doggone percent, man, on that book for you or your team or your office, um, or your family, or your neighborhood, or the Republican Party, or the Democratic Party, you wanna buy 360 million for every American, awesome. I think you should. Go to JohnO'LearyInspires.com. One more time, it's called JohnO'LearyInspires.com. So what are we moving into next? As a nation, I'm not yet sure, although I'm, I'm excited about it. I think the best days are in front of us. As a community, though, Live Inspired, this is one thing we're moving into next. A week ago, I interviewed a woman named Tiffany Shalane. She was named by Newsweek as one of the women shaping the 21st century. One of the things that I respect about Tiffany Shalane is this. Once a week, for 24 hours, she steps away from every single electronic device. TV, Facebook, Instagram, yes, even podcast, everything. She unplugs from everything to focus on the things that matter most. Spirituality her family, her kids, her husband, her neighbors, love, nature, life, the animals, life, life. So you're gonna learn about the power of unplugging from the busyness of life during the season when we are called to elect gratitude. You're gonna love it, so be on the lookout for that. My friends, I wanna thank you for being part of our community, so for this time and until next time, I hope uh, you're encouraged by the message today. I hope you're also encouraged to check out more on this Electing Gratitude series. You can learn more right now by going to JohnO'LearyInspires.com forward slash podcast. So for this time and until next time, my name remains John O'Leary. This remains your day. Citizens of the world, choose to live inspired. Now, a word from our friends at Keeley Companies. What started in 1976 as a local paving company has grown into a national provider of construction, infrastructure, wireless technology, development, and logistics solutions. Over four decades and 1,800 Keeleyans later, Keeley Company's roots still guide them. In the words of their founder, Larry Keeley, quality and service never go out of style.